Welcome to the Battle Cry Podcast with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Convention of States Facebook and Rumble channels. Good Sunday evening, everyone. Welcome to the Battle Cry. My name is Mark Meckler. I'm your host for the Battle Cry. I'm sure happy to be with you guys on a Sunday evening. This is my favorite place to be, home in Texas and hanging out with y'all. And this week, we're going to talk about something that is very Texas-specific, and that is an existential crisis for the United States of America and probably for the world, I'm not exaggerating here, taking place on our southern border. The southern border of the United States, specifically the southern border of Texas, 1,300 contiguous miles, the longest contiguous border with Mexico, is now completely open. And literally, no matter what the folks in Washington, D.C. want to tell you, that border is wide open. People are pouring across, and it's created an incredible humanitarian crisis on a scale never seen before, honestly, in American history. It's really bad what's going on down there. This week's battle cry, what we're asking you to do is come to Texas, and I'm going to have producer G queue up the video so you can see why. We are under attack. are dying. In January alone, more than 320 million lethal doses of fentanyl were seized at the southern border. Every seven minutes, somebody dies on U.S. soil from fentanyl poisoning. Last year, deaths recorded by the U.S. Border Patrol were the highest they've ever been. These appalling and sickening statistics are happening to us right now. How many more must be raped, drowned, and murdered? How many more Americans must die from fentanyl poisoning? How many more children must be sold into slavery? But with your help, this can be fixed. It's time to take action. Join us on April 29th in Austin, Texas for the How Many More Rally. It's time to fight back. It's time to save lives. It's time to fix this. I know that's pretty sobering. There's some incredibly difficult images in there. And if you haven't really paid attention to the border issue, and I can tell you most of us haven't, you don't know the half of it. I've spent the last 90 days digging into what's going on in the border. And I know I'm late to the party compared to a lot of people. I knew it was bad, but I had no idea how bad it was down on the border. I had no idea how open the border was. I had no idea that today the cartels, the Mexican cartels, are in complete control of our border, both sides of the border. They're in control of businesses on the border. They're in control of rural areas. They're in control of ranch land. Uh, they're just in control. The, the um, ICE is not in control. The Border Patrol is not in control. They're essentially serving as a welcoming committee at this point with the ones that they see. Over 6 million, over 6 million illegals have crossed that border since 2020. Those are the ones that we actually know about. 
There's 1.2 million what they call gotaways. Those are ones that the Border Patrol saw but never actually had any contact with. Those are the ones we know about. Literally millions and millions and millions streaming across that border right now. And those images are disturbing. There are much more disturbing images. The ranchers down on the border now are finding bodies on their properties constantly. These ranches have become giant morgues. The bodies are collected and taken in by local law enforcement. They're running out of room in the morgues. Uh, so these ranchers are dealing with this every day. There's millions and millions of dollars of property damage done to these ranchers. A lot of small ranchers on the border or near the border are giving up. They can't keep their property fenced. Their livestock's getting out. Their water systems are being damaged and then intentionally destroyed by the cartels. Uh, they are threatened. They are told if they don't cooperate with the cartels, they will be killed. Local law enforcement doesn't have the manpower to protect them. The federal authorities don't have the manpower to protect them. Young children, women, girls, young boys being sold into slavery, many of them into sexual slavery. This is something I don't think we talk about enough in the United States now. We have an entire slave trade operating inside the United States at a scale we've not seen in modern history here in the United States. Fentanyl, the greatest drug scourge on the United States in its history. Fentanyl now killing over 70,000 people a year in the United States of America. 70,000 people. That's more than were killed in the entire Vietnam War annually killed by fentanyl. It's the number one killer of Americans between ages 18 and 45, fentanyl. The precursors to fentanyl are shipped into Mexico by the Chinese government, by the CCP, the Communist Party. They make money off of doing this. They destabilize our society, which is, I think, one of their goals. And then the cartels manufacture them at large scale, at industrial scale, into fentanyl that is then shipped into this country and it's used to lace in other drugs, so people unsuspectingly die of it. It's laced into marijuana, it's laced into heroin, it's laced into artificial fake opioids. People think they're taking painkillers, they end up taking fentanyl in those painkillers and dying of overdose. Young people dying of fentanyl poisoning and overdose. The number one killer in America of Americans 18 to 45 is fentanyl. How? many more. How long are we going to allow this to go on? And I know people tend to say, you look, well, I don't know what I can do about it. I can't do anything about it. You know, we get, well, the federal government has to stop and everybody points the finger at the federal government. Some people point the finger at the state government. The state government's done far more than the federal government. And I would say that Texas legislature right now is working to do even more. But the reality is, unless you and I step into the fight, then we're complicit in the human suffering, in the hospitals being overrun, in the schools being overrun, in law enforcement being overrun, in ranchers being unable to live on their ranches. We are complicit in all of this if we don't step up and do something about it. It comes down to us because the policies that the government have imposed have not stopped what's going on at the border. I want to be very clear. This is not about us or Texans enforcing immigration law. There's a Supreme Court case called US v. Arizona. The Supreme Court ruled the states have no right to enforce immigration law, but there is still a lot the states can do under the United States Constitution. Under Article 1, Section 10, the United States can declare, or states can declare an invasion. The Texas Constitution has an invasion clause. 
The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, has declared an invasion on several occasions. There is legislation pending in the Texas legislature right now where the Texas legislature, signed by the governor, would declare an invasion. There's a bill called HB 20, which a bunch of our grassroots activists participated in lobbying for this week. I was down there but couldn't stick around. And, and HB 20 provides for a Texas border protection unit. That unit specifically, the head is appointed by the governor and it will have the obligation to repel the invasion, repel illegal crosses, repel people that are causing all these problems in the United States of America. This again, this is not an immigration issue. This is a humanitarian issue. This is a national security issue. This is a criminal issue. So Texans are gonna have to step up and do what Texans do, which is when there's a problem, we here in Texas step up and we do something about it. But I can tell you that Texans aren't gonna do this alone. We need the whole country in with us. Texas, the largest contiguous border with Mexico in the entire United States, over 1300 miles. We need your help to secure that border. We need your help to pressure the government to get involved and secure that border. We need everybody's help to get this done or it's not going to get done. And so the way we do that is we are going to gather in the state capitol, on the state capitol grounds, on April 29th from 1 to 4 p.m., we're going to gather there and we're going to have a rally, and it's called the How Many More Rally. You guys saw the promo video for that. You can go to howmanymore.com and you can get registered to attend that rally. Ted Nugent is going to open that rally. We've got a lot of luminaries. We've got Laura Logan, who is one of the foremost reporter experts on the border. Got Jason Jones, a lot of other people who've been in law enforcement. They've been with ICE. They've been with Border Patrol. They've been with Texas uh, State Guard, people who know what's going on in the border. We have Virginia Krieger, who's a fentanyl mom who lost a child to fentanyl poisoning. And she's going to be there. She's doing a special appearance by video because she's speaking somewhere else. There's going to be a lot more. I'll be there. I'll be the MC for the day. This is going to be a big event if you come. We've got to have you there. We can't allow this to continue. So I'm asking you as this week's battle cry call to action to make plans to be in Texas. I know a lot of the grassroots are already coming. Come to Texas, go to howmanymore.com. You can get registered there and you can get all the details there. It's gonna be one to four. I recommend you get there a bit early because I think there's gonna be a bunch of traffic. I think we're gonna have a big crowd. Uh, looks like probably Epoch Times is gonna be there reporting live. Uh, with print reporters, but also video reporters. So I think they're going to be streaming the event. I think it looks like Newsmax is going to be there. Looks like I'm going to be on Tucker Carlson next week talking about this for my first live interview talking about it. There's a lot of stuff happening. And it's happening because it's got to happen. Because if we don't take this into our own hands, if we don't fix the border crisis, then the border crisis isn't going to be fixed. So join us for howmanymore.com. Join us here in Texas. I look forward to seeing all of you personally there. That's the battle cry this week. That's all I wanted to talk about is being in this fight, doing what's right, stepping up and being engaged. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to help call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States. Go to conventionofstates.com pod to become part of the solution as big as the problem. I'm going to go to some questions before we close out. Short battle cry this week, but I always got to get to your questions. Uh, Jack L. Gilbert asked, does modesty prevent you from sharing that you're a very pragmatic and sensible op-ed writer for Newsmax? I never thought of it as modesty. I just don't think about it, to be honest with you, Jack. I do a lot of stuff. 
I appear in the media. I write for the media. I do write for Newsmax pretty regularly. Sometimes I also write for Daily Caller. Uh, sometimes I write for Daily Wire. Occasionally I'm blessed to get an op-ed there. Sometimes uh, I think we've had one in time. So we get placed all over the place. I just don't think about it after the fact. So I'll try and do a better job of letting you know when I have stuff out there. But I, it's not, it's not a matter of being modest or being humble. I just don't think about it. I'm not a great self-promoter, so maybe that's it. Eric Johnson says, thoughts on the potential correlation between the public watching politicians get away with anything and everything and the rise in disobedience to law by the public. I don't think there is a correlation to that yet, Eric, but I think there will be. I think why we see the, the rise in, in disobedience to the law is because that's what we're encouraging in blue cities, especially. We see murder rates out of control, violent crime out of control, property theft out of control. We have over 70 Soros DAs in place all over the country right now, and they refuse to prosecute crimes. So when people know that they can get away with crime, then people commit crime. But I do think you have a broader point here, which is on a broader scale, at some point a society completely breaks down when you realize there is a two or three tier justice system that certain people won't be prosecuted and certain people will then people decide not to obey the rule of law. Okay, In a rule of law society, obeying the rule of law is generally voluntary, right? It's not everybody getting arrested. It's most of us don't want to get arrested, and so we voluntarily comply. It's also most of us comply because we just believe in the rule of law, and we believe in complying with the rule of law, so we do it every day. But if you people start to realize nobody's doing it, then nobody will do it and society will completely break down. So I agree with you on the broader context, but I think right now what we're seeing is a breakdown of law and order in major blue cities. Jim Walker asks, why do you think many state legislators continue to oppose convention of states, even when the polls show that it has overwhelming support across party lines? Jim, the reason is, it's really simple to me. It's, uh, there's a couple factors. One is a lot of people just don't know anything about it. Maybe they're new in a legislature. They haven't heard anything about it. They hear about it. People try to scare them. They get a little bit scared. And so they just decide they don't want to do anything. Fear is an overriding factor. <clears throat> and what I tend to say to people who are fearful is, thank God I didn't have to rely on you to conduct the American Revolution, right? And I also, it's important to remember, one third roughly of people were really involved in the American Revolution. One third were kind of neutral and one third were opposed. So it doesn't take everybody. But I think the main overriding reasons are either ignorance or fear or both. So those are the reasons, but I think we're getting better and better, even in the states where we're not succeeding in the sense that we don't pass, our vote counts are better every year, we get closer every year. We came within one vote in Montana this year, I think that's absolutely incredible. So we're gonna get better and better, we're gonna continue to pass states, we're gonna continue to be in the fight. I have an expectation for you guys. I expect to see you in Austin, Texas, on the 29th from one to 4 p.m. at the How Many More Rally. Go to howmanymore.com, get signed up, and I'll see you there. And by the way, if you couldn't tell, Winston's being a little pesky today. He won't be there. He'll be at home because he'd be too pesky. But we'll see you in Austin, uh, April 29th, 1 to 4 p.m. for the How Many More Rally. Go get registered today, howmanymore.com. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. Thank you for listening.